0: Well Michael Lawrence as I mentioned who is the uh, chief development officer at the Jewish Agency he uh uh he was um uh, scheduled to be here and thank God he is in our studio and I say good morning Tim Bokertov.
1: Bokertov good to be here.
0: And I didn't realize you were bringing along a very special guest with you and that's Rabbi Hashi Friedman who is an old acquaintance of mine ne- <laughs> neither of us cared to uh, discuss how old <laughs> that relationship goes back but Rab Hashi, it's, it's an amazing treat for me to see you here, and welcome to JM in the AM. For me too, thank you very much. I think we need a drop of background for our audience, because there's uh, a lot of people I think have heard of the Jewish Agency and don't realize, you know, what it is, what it does, etc. In fact, except for the area of Shluchim, except for the area of those who come from Israel under the umbrella of the Jewish Agency to try to give a taste of Israel to people here and attract, and other, other areas of the world, and attract them to consider the Holy Land, in their future. Outside of that, I'm not sure they realize just how large an organization it is and how historic an organization it is. Do you want to
1: give a, a, a yeah, brief overview for us? Well, good morning again. It's good to be here. Thank you. Um, listen, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned Nefesh Benefesh. Right. Aliyar is one of our central pillars and has been since we were established in 1929. And we're working close hand by hand with Nefesh benefish nefesh day in, day out. So that continues to be a big thing for us, bringing home thirty thousand people a year from across the world, uh, a lot from Ukraine and from places of where there is war and where there is um, bloodshed and fear yeah. from Europe as well. Ali, our numbers, especially from France, huge, and we're there to greet them, to help their klita, their absorption, and so on. But we're working in a lot of other areas, and in essence, our uh, our motto these days is every one of us together, and that means that literally every Jew, every Israeli needs to be part of the Jewish people.
0: And one of the things our people do know is that Natan Sharansky, for I think a period of nine or ten years, was the head of the Jewish Agency. Right, 100%. We, we evaluate his term as a good one?
1: Uh, I th- listen, Natan Sharansky <laughs> is a leader and a visionary, and I think there's uh, great things that he did for the Jewish Agency and he continues to do for the Jewish world and the state of Israel. You know, there's things like you know the Kotel issue and so on that play- I wouldn't say – well, yeah, it plagued his time at the Jewish Agency, right. and you know, as we try to create Jewish unity and so on and keep the Jewish people together, that's a challenge. It was one of the challenges, and the Yitzhak Herzog officially has taken over. Or? August first, he'll be in, oh. and we're excited about that. He's a man which comes who comes with Yechus, right, and sure. um, and uh, we're looking forward to his his vision for the Jewish people. One of the State first, of the, well. one of the
0: first families of Israel, and you've been with the Jewish Agency for how long? I've been for two and a half years. Michael Lawrence here, Chief Development Officer. And you
1: have Rabbi Hashi Friedman with you, and that's because Rabbi Friedman's role is? Rabbi Hashi's role is actually, he's the Director of Education for a remarkable program in the IDF. We've got tens of thousands of folks in Israel who end up in the IDF but are not halachically Jewish. Right. And that creates a challenge. Ten, tens of thousands? Well, over the years, yes. Wow. And uh, we've, we, every one of us together, we want to make sure that those people feel part of the Jewish people and a feel or even, as Hashi will explain, have an opportunity to become part of the Jewish people if they so wish. How long officially. Have you been, How long have you been doing this?
2: I've been doing this for 17 amazing
0: years. And wouldn't you agree that in addition to the tens of thousands that Michael just spoke about, there are also members of the Jewish faith in the IDF that also need strengthening when it comes to their Jewish tradition?
2: As a matter of fact, uh, one of the chiefs of staff, Gabi Ashkenazi, came to visit our Nativ program, which I'm going to describe. Nativ is the name of the program. Right, Nativ. And uh, he said, you know what, I really wish we had the budget that every single soldier in the IDF would do this program. Amazing. And by the way, over the years we've had uh, kids who joined Nativ uh, way back then when they allowed olim, and now it's mostly for people who are not Jewish halachically And there are kids who grew up in New York in a modern Orthodox world, had the same education I did, MDS, MHS, all that stuff, and they said, you know what? What I went through here in six weeks was more powerful than what I went through in high school in four years. Right. So we think we're doing something very special. Yeah,
0: we tend not to pay much attention in high school to academics, but...
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, my teacher always told my mother that I spent too much time looking out the window, and I was going to reinvent the steam engine.
0: (laughs) There you go. Which I didn't do. There's a, there's a vote of confidence. Right, yeah. Um, so, Nati, and I saw the video, I, I got an idea of how this works. It is remarkable and incredible. Uh, I, but I would assume the first step is to identify who would have a question mark over their Jewish background, right? Who might not have a Jewish mother, who might be, you know, the result of, of questionable conversions. All, all this stuff right. seems complicated to, to a regular American guy like me.
2: If you think it's complicated to you or even complicated to us, imagine being called into the IDF thinking you're Jewish, right. coming from a family that you see as Jewish, keeping the Jewish holidays, and suddenly finding out through a bureaucratic piece of paper that you're not Jewish. Right. And that's, and that's
0: the majority of these cases? I'd say
2: a large percentage. Others know from when they're kids. Uh, it's, it, it varies. Um, but let's go a step backwards, because I'm here also to say thank you to our, to our listeners who were involved way back when. You know what I'm talking about in the Free Soviet Jury Movement. Sure. And we were out there in the 70s and 80s, you know, Dag Hammersholt Plaza, one, two, three, four, open up the iron door, five, six, seven, eight, let people immigrate. What do you want? Freedom? When do you want it now? Right. And we were involved. We worked the mission those, in Riverdale. In Riverdale yeah. and in uh, the Soviet mission down sure. on 67th Street. And sure. some of us are also involved in the JDL, got in a little right. trouble, right? right? Well, it worked. And so, firstly, I'm here to say thank you to the American Jewish community and to especially those modern Orthodox listeners who did so much to get one million Jews home to Israel. As Yirmiyahu writes, they came. The problem was that when they came to Israel, no one thought there was going to be a problem that we had to deal with, which is that one-third of them were like a soldier called Mikhail, who grew up in a Ukrainian village with a Jewish father and a non-Jewish mother. And this was very common after communism, assimilation, right. pogroms, Holocaust. Every effort was made by the Soviets to wipe out Jewish identity in Hebrew. And so Mikhail grew up with this uh, anti-Semitism that permeated the village, his non-Jewish mother wore a Star of David and defended the kids from anti-Semites. She's the one who told them to keep the Jewish holidays. She's the one that made sure they don't lose their Jewish identity, like Ruta Moavia. Right. Long comes someone from the Jewish agency. In the 90s, under the law of return, where anybody who has a Jewish grandparent who would have been killed by Hitler is welcome to come home and become a citizen of Israel. Michal comes home, gets off the steps, and what did tell him? Oh, welcome home, Michal. Just a small detail. There you are, a Zid, a Jew. Here you're a goy, right? And that's the type of kid that we get thousands of every year in the IDF. And it was decided to start the Natif program when a guy, yeah. No, I'm
0: just gonna say though, to us th- that seems more like a clear-cut case. In other words, that doesn't help Mikhail, sure. right? But we we know what our tradition says about right. Jewish motherhood, exactly. you know, in that. Exactly. But there must be though so many safek, so
2: many. You know, there are many suffixes. When the kids come to the, to the program in the IDF to study Judaism and Zionism, one of the first things we do is we work with them on checking out their background uh-huh. with, a, with an organization called Shorashim. And that organization for free will even go to former Soviet Union, Russia, Ukraine, Belarus, all these places – and see if they're Jewish or not. So well, you try to determine... You do what's okay. called the birur Hadut. Got it. Right. They don't always find out, right. and that's very painful. So right. there are many who have to do Giyur Gehra's conversion because they're not sure, even though they know they're Jewish. But you're so
0: not, And you're not exclusively dealing with those from the former Soviet Union. There are other people but are around the
2: world. 85%, correct. Okay. We have from America, we have Ethiopia, we have Argentina, right. we have Finland, right. we have Philippines. And everything. before
0: you tell us about Nativ, and, and it is a worthwhile program to explore, I, like I said, I, I saw the video, and I have a little bit of insight into how critical it is but before that i'm sure everybody listening right now <laughs> needs to know like i do right. what the relationship is between you and the rabanut and you and the Ada haredus and you and badatz and you and all those who feel that they have a say in in what these people these amazing soldiers who are ready to give their lives for Israel and the Jewish people, who allow us to live in luxury here exactly, in America. Exactly. You know, I'm sure they want to know what the story They're is. They're watching
2: over us. The Nativ program has Bate din conversion courts inside the IDF, which, in which every conversion gets the signature of the Rav Rashi of Yitzhak Yosef. And when there was a controversy a few years ago about whether this Gior is good or not, Rav Avadi Yosef himself, Allah Shalom, is the one who gave the okay. So in that respect... It's considered a very good. The reason that so many soldiers do this conversion is because it is uh, it is is a, a given a recognition by the state of Israel, and because it allows them, by law, Israeli law, to get married to another Jew. What percentage do it? About one third of those who start the program end up doing Orthodox
0: Giyur. Mm-hmm. So there's still a majority that. Ah uh, yes. Well, that, many
2: of them who don't convert now, because right. again, you're asking about the yehor. How good is it? The very fact that so many that only one third make it says how strict it is, and it's very strict. It's very difficult, and we help them through it. But the two thirds who don't, often they end up in our later on in our civilian classes doing conversion, or they end up perhaps making sure their kids do it later on. The, but we reconnect them.
0: The conversion or the or the bet din that uh, you just mentioned, Rabbi Yosef, would be uh, okay with. Would be, you know, he personally signs that it, every certificate he approves? Yeah. Would that be acceptable, for instance, to the rabbonut? Absolutely, it would be. Absolutely. Would be. Yes. So the, all those questions. That's why they do it. Right. Yeah. So the general, how do I put this, the general middle-of-the-road Orthodox stream in Israel would recognize them. You know, there, may, there may be others that Absolutely. have problems. but they, There always will be. Right. <laughs> and I did conversions
2: that. when I was a rabbi in Palm right. Springs. I'm sure there's plenty of rabbis who would accept that.
0: Right. But always, and this is only philosophical. I don't want anyone to think that I have any expertise in this area halakhically. I do not. But philosophically— When you hear about someone who's given their life in the IDF and now will not be buried in a Jewish cemetery in Israel, or an IDF cemetery in Israel, or you hear about somebody, again, who is completely committed to the Jewish people. Again, I'm no expert, and I can't interpret the Torah, but I think our tradition is is somewhat friendlier to those who make a commitment to the Jewish people than than many people think. Would that be accurate?
2: That is accurate, and uh, we see it happening when there's a war. So, for instance, we we had a soldier... Called Peter Ochotsky, who served in actually the same uh, battalion of the paratroopers that I served in in 202, and he went through our whole program, and he was he had passed the Beitin. All he had left to do was to get a Brit Milah and to uh, to go to the mikvah. He went to the Second Lebanon War. His girlfriend was going to marry him. His Jewish girlfriend. She said, "Don't go because if you do a Brit Milah, you can get 30 days off. You won't have to go." And he says, "Everything that I did until now." was to defend this people. I'm part of the people. And he went to the war, and unfortunately he was killed in combat. Shh. After he was killed, he was buried as a Jew by Rabbanu Tetzvait, by the, the Israeli idea for Rabbanit, because of exactly what you said. He so,
0: publicly made a commitment exactly. to be a member of the right. He may not have had exactly the conversion in the exactly. traditional sense. There are, there are sense sources in Halakha right.
2: which was also point to this, absolutely.
0: Okay, uh, Michael Lawrence is here, Behashi Friedman is here. All right, so now we come to Native, right. it is a. It seems to me a comprehensive. Uh, you said earlier, you know, in a few weeks, with with you getting right. four years of high right. school or more, right. it, and and what was remarkable to me is seeing how the students really gravitate to it. Like right. they want to know right. about our tradition. They want to know about Sefer and I mean, the entire safe not just creation. They want to know about safe vibration. They want to know about our tradition and culture mm-hmm. in terms of you know religious culture and Israeli culture. They want to know about the a different uh, you know, halakhot, that guide, whether it's kashrut or something else, that guide, you know, everything that goes on. I would think many of them would be either resentful of it or would roll their eyes at it, but it seems that they're engaged when it comes to this stuff.
2: Excellent what you said, because many of our soldiers come to us with a tremendous amount of pain and tremendous amount of anger, that they feel rejected, they feel they're second class, even though they want to be part of the Jewish people. Many of them in the second generation grew up as Israelis and keep the Israeli holidays and all those things, and they come with a lot of anger because says, who are you to tell me of that course. I'm second class? So what we do in Nativ is we don't just teach them. We show them how much we love them. We tell them how much we appreciate them. We tell them how much they are our heroes. We're not doing them a favor. They're defending us. When I walk into a class of soldiers and say, say, thank you for watching over us. I finished reserve duty years ago. I say, thank you. One of, one of the soldiers, she started to cry. And I asked her why are you crying?" because nobody ever told me that before. Mm. So that's the first thing in Nativ. They get a big hug from us. And we tell them how much we love them. Besides that, what we do is we try and teach them Judaism. They learn Tanakh, Jewish history, uh, Emuna, philosophy, Shabbat, Kashrut, Brachot. They do field trips. They do Shabbat together. They do Shabbat at host families. They do a roots project. I'll give you two examples of what works there. When we teach them about Moshe Rabbeinu, the greatest Jew that ever lived, they say, Moshe Rabbeinu was just like you. He grew up in a non-Jewish house. <laughs> and he tried to come back. And he tried to be a combat soldier. Vayyachatam Yitzri, right? And then he told him, Misramcha, go back to where you come from. We don't want you. He went to Yitro the non-Jew, and he married Tzipora the non-Jew. Then he came back again and again, and finally became the greatest Jew. He said, Nativ is a place where you, as soldiers, learn that most the greatest Jew ever lived is like you, or Ruta Moaviyah, who is the great grandmother of, um, <inaudible> of of Davida <inaudible> Melech. And another example is our Shorashim Roots Project. We tell our soldiers, you have an assignment to. Uh, explore where you come from. You show them the movie Fiddler on the Roof, <laughs> and they see that candle lighting scene, mm-hmm. and they have no idea, you know, da, 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 sure. they have no <laughs> idea that the little girl they're looking at, watching her mother light candles in the shtetl 200 years, it could be their own great-great-great-grandmother. So when they light candles for the first time, they're coming back home. We had an example of a, 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 someone called Eden, who should have been in the show with him, but she couldn't get a visa in time. And uh, she she explored her family. Turns out, this so-called non-Jew who came into the IDF has a great-grandfather who was a hero in a Minsk ghetto in 1943 and was killed because he went out of his bunker to pay his non-Jewish employees the salaries he owed them. That man's grandson, Edward, fell in love with a non-Jew. And they told him, you're not marrying a non-Jew. We're taking you to Israel in 1992. Seven months later, he says, I'm going back because I love Olga. And he brought her back, and she said, where you go, I will go. He brought her back with her Christian grandmother. And their daughter, Aiden, went to our nativ program and reconnected to the mitzvahs and to the Torah and to Eretz Israel. And this is what we do. We are closing a circle of Jewish history. We all prayed for them to come home. They came home, and it's amazing.
0: Now, now let's welcome them and treat them like brothers and sisters. Amen, right. amen. Michael, how do people... Find the program. Is it required in the IDF? Is it like how do the what's the uh, what's the procedure of how this works?
1: Well, first of all, they're uh, they're receiving these letters. But what's very interesting is that uh, Defense Minister Lieberman, Avigdor Lieberman, has just announced in the last week that the Israeli government is going to invest eight million shekels. Hmm. You decide the exchange rate for the day, <laughs> right? Um, to reach more people through a major effort on the internet and social media and so on, so more chayalim, more soldiers know about the program and can join the program. That's so they're new... not
0: required to join it. They're offered it. They're offered There're it. There are no soldiers required to Absolutely go to it. Absolutely
2: not. You can't do that. So and and offered... if it was required, it wouldn't be the same Correct.
0: thing. So they're offered it, and nonetheless, you have such amazing attendance.
2: Right. We have about 75% of the potential to come every year. Pretty
0: amazing, I'll tell you. Um, and this expansion will do what? It will simply make it available to more and more. It, it will increase
1: the numbers, right? One hundred percent, which is important. Um, and you, it succeeded without. We have a civilian program as well, which Hashi can explain further. With folks who have already passed the age of the army, can also join classes, night classes during the week, and do a conversion. And as that's well.
0: and that's important because the, for the same reason that just just like the soldiers regular citizens who are in the same background type sure. of situation. And I walk into
2: one of those classes and say, how many of you were native and couldn't do it there? And many of them raised their hand. When do they come to the civilian conversion class? When you want to get married? Right. See, so, you know, it, it goes on and on. And
0: that's acceptable if they're sincere in the in the study. In if the, they pass the, course, the
2: baiting, absolutely. Right. The baiting is very strict. Right. The
0: baiting is not going to allow them to... To just, you know, to, to get a, con- a conversion, you know, willy-nilly, so to speak. They're no, gonna, they're, it's not
2: willy-nilly at all. They're going
0: to yeah. make sure that it's right. the the course Absolutely. and uh, and that they go through it properly. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. So this is a, um, th- and this, I assume, and again, coming back to our original premise, like all the Jewish Agency projects is funded by the state of Israel, correct? I mean, that's essentially how it works.
1: Well, the Jewish Agency is uh, receives some very significant funding from the government of Israel, but we are also receiving... Significant funding from the Jewish federations in North America, and oh. from f- philanthropists from across North America, also from Karina Yassod. So, are there um,
0: in- are there individual philanthropists who specifically support Nativ?
1: Yes, hundred percent. A- from the United States, yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, sure. and some foundations, and so on. And that's part of the reason we're here, because right. as we see expansion, and you know, we're all agreeing here that this is a very critical program for Am Yisrael, for Medinaci Yisrael. You know, we're looking for more partners, and that's part of the part so, of the
0: conversation. So, Reb Khashi, if if a if a philanthropist was sitting here, and said to you, you know, why is it important I support Nativ? What would be the uh, what would be the short answer?
2: The short answer would be that uh, we brought them home. We, the American Jewish community, right. and we owe them because they are watching over us with their lives. And when we land in Israel to visit on an El Al plane, and there are soldiers watching over that plane that's often
0: them. Yeah. And I of course always extend that even further with which I think you agreed with earlier in this conversation that when we sit here in luxury it's only because of the Israeli soldiers that are that Absolutely. are that are Absolutely. in Israel including Absolutely. yourself who was right. obviously, you know, right. in the military. They, they are
2: our heroes. And that's what we tell them.
0: Our heroes and our and our safeguard. Absolutely. We don't just admire them in this, right. you know, in this grand you know spiritual way. They and by the way, I was once in. Pne- I always tell the story. I was once in Padikhead Pne- them huh? when there were. I don't know how many people are in Padikhead Pne- them now because then there were like seven. <laughs> you know, like, I think you have like, tens you know, of families. Of are you serious? Yeah, are yeah, you tens- I think, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So Panay them at that time was literally you know seven trailers right. and and seven soldiers. You know they uh, had to, right, right, sure. So, so I go over because they had an obligation to protect whoever's sure, there. Sure. So I go over to the soldiers and I said, "This was back in 2006." Yeah. I said, "I want to thank you." It's because of you right. that I'm able to live in right. Manhattan, and they looked at me like I was nuts. <laughs> but I want to tell you, they may have
2: looked like you were nuts, but you definitely reached their heart. I guarantee you, it very, very much moved them when you told them that
0: that they're sitting in Kedem. absolutely, day and night, twenty four hours, absolutely, because you know that the, that area, especially then, could have been sure. the, the target of terror attacks, absolutely. and somebody you. You know the neighborhood. Sure, I don't have yeah. to tell you. Yeah. And this is what I said to them. They didn't get it, but boy, is it true? And, my, and I've been trying to tell them, my listeners this for decades, that it's only because of the Israeli soldiers that we are able to survive around the world, that's for sure. And the, this painful thing that I brought up earlier, it, I, I'm glad to hear that in some ways being dealt with. But when we heard that soldiers who had given their lives, you know, the question was where to bury them. Correct. And, and I'm like,
2: if— in- You should know that the IDF Rabidin makes tremendous efforts— both in terms of halachic research and, and the reality of the burial itself, to bury the non jewish soldiers in such a way that it's almost unnoticeable, the difference. But nevertheless, they do know. Oh, yeah. And that's very, 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 very painful. We've had soldiers that they want to be buried next to my friends. Right. Not easy.
0: Their own friends. Not easy. They yeah. want to be buried next to their Not own easy. friends as well. Yeah. Um, all right, Michael, uh, what do you want to tell our listeners? Well, How do they uh, how do they go ahead and find out more information? How do they see the video I saw? How do, uh, how do they get involved and check out Nativ and
1: consider supporting them? Well, first of all, I'd invite them to be in touch with us. One hundred percent. We have actually been visiting communities. We uh, last Shabbat we were in vacation village ah, in the girls, and the Catskills. And I was
0: there last Shabbat. This past two days ago? No, no, no. Uh, oh, nine okay. days ago. 19 oh, okay. days ago. I was at his past shop. Right. <laughs> last uh, too bad we
1: could have drunk whiskey together. <laughs> Dang. So we had, we had a great Shabbat uh, there and Hashi was... I see
0: certain things from high school. Hashi hasn't given up. <laughs> not at all.
2: It only gets worse with time. <laughs> Ask my wife. She says whenever she calls me at the office, we're either laughing or crying because of the emotions <laughs> developed in our work. She says, do you guys work at all? Right. So oh, we drink whiskey in between. <laughs>
0: <Depending> <laughs> on the other situation, right? <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, so we've been out and we're, we're working in communities. We're meeting folks. We were in Vacation Village this Shabbat. We now, we were in uh, Long Beach and Lido oh, Beach wow. Very nice. at, at Three Shoals there. Hashi is, um, listen, Hashi is bringing real stories. He gets the message across, huh? Yeah. Well, these are real stories. These are real IDF soldiers. These are real people looking for a search. They're searching. They want to come back to Torah and Mitzvot. And there's something, there's that spark inside. And thank God the Jewish agency is able to be that journey, that journey mentor. <laughs> For them.
0: Can people who are not radio announcers access that video? Because I think that video is very important, the, the one you sent me.
1: Uh, that, yes, that? it is on YouTube. What if they it? type in Nativ
0: IDF Simple as
1: that. Jewish Agency, they'll be able to find it. There's a couple of videos there, a longer one and a shorter one. Great. They should bring tissues because yeah. its uh, it the makes heart. the tears run. Okay. And uh, they can be in touch with us either through the website JewishAgency.org or they can email me directly if they, if they want as well. Michael L., that's M-I-C-H-A-E-L, and another L uh, at Jafi, jaf org. Excellent. Happy to hear from people.
0: Kolak Kavod to both of you. I thank, thank you Michael Lawrence, much. Chief Development Officer at the Jewish Agency, and, of course, Rabbi Hashi Friedman, who is doing quite a job with Nativ. You've, uh, you've, it is a good time of year for you to have been here because during the nine days we're supposed to care even more for our brothers and sisters, right? This is the time, time of year where we really need to step up the love between us and our brothers and sisters. And thank God, as you described it, this is one way that uh, that we, in fact, are able to do so.
2: This is a time of year where we look again at these soldiers. I have a picture you can't see, uh, listeners can see, of three of our native soldiers who are yeah. paratroopers recreating the famous picture from 1967. That wall saw their ancestors exiled 2,000 years ago, and now they have come back to watch over the wall for over us.
0: No matter what their background is. Exactly. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. Nice to see you again. Yeah, great to see you. Best regards to all the old guys you see in Israel. Hi, everybody. Bye. <laughs> there you go. Michael. <laughs> Have Lawrence, a good day. Thank a, you. A pleasure. Michael Lawrence, or for Freeman more coming up in a nine days format Tuesday at JM in the AM. Wow.